You're now listening to the Stardust Oasis, a Nomads podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode four of the Stardust Oasis, a sort of, kind of, semi-weekly podcast dedicated to covering the latest news, community topics, and hype about Star Citizen. I'm Shepard Johnson. And I'm Shepard Roms. And we're finally here to talk again about the giant pile of enhancements coming in 3.0, some network stuff, and we're going to do a deep dive into the versus exploration craft. Rom's back from a long hiatus, and I'm locked, cocked, and ready to rock. With Evocati testing right around the corner, we thought it would be a good idea to cover what's in and what's out in 3.0. First up, I guess the moons are in. Yeah, finally, after long-awaited time. So I guess the, the question that's on everybody's mind is, is there going to be anything to do on them? I would hope so, or else it's just going to be, you know, us zooming around the moon. Uh, so as I look down the schedule report, uh, I'm seeing surface outposts. The new moons will also have outposts on their surface to explore. So I guess that yeah. feature is complete. I'm interested to see what's actually going to be in those outposts, or if they're going to be just really empty and you're going to stand in there, kind of like how the space stations are now, you know, you just in there and you're like oh cool yeah that's pretty <laughs> well uh they're also putting uh, new mission givers in we're seeing miles eckhart from the gamescom video and some guy named rudo do you know who rudo is i have no clue who rudo is. well i'm looking forward to meeting him uh so uh he's a douche he's probably a douche we're gonna find out though it looks like we're going to get levski uh which is pretty exciting um the latest batch of ATVs have it really looking nice. I always think back to one of the early videos when they're talking about like how stuff is going to get placed in these big hub zones, like when players fuck with shit. So yeah. I'm really interested to see how that's going to be implemented, if at all, at this stage. Yeah, I wonder if we're going to be able to destroy planetary outposts. Like, um, you know, what are the firepower on all of these ships looks really amazing, especially in the ATV where they introduce the new sounds for like size two lasers and the like. Uh, I, I do want to feel like we can affect the surface, and I, I, being able to destroy outposts would be, you know, a pretty good start for that. I would hope so, but I don't know how deep into it they'll go, because, I mean, like, as we were speaking in our last time about bombers, you know, if you're going to do a bombing run on something and it just kind of, like, shakes it a little bit but doesn't actually do any effect on something, it's kind of like, oh, great, thanks. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know how much we can expect from 3.0. Uh, the fact that there are outposts at all is probably a big deal. Uh, I guess we'll just wait and see on that. When they're talking about, like, later down the road and having a player-driven economy with all kinds of jobs, I wonder if there are going to be, like, builder jobs where you have to go back out there and repair because some fucker decided to drop three torpedoes from his eclipse onto an outpost. You know, I guess that could be, like, a subset of the salvager job. Um, like, mm -hmm. if, there are, if there are construction tools that are available handheld or vehicle-mounted, I don't know. I, we're spitballing a little bit, but it does seem like a natural fit. I hope so. It'll be it'll just add like even more depth to the game they're planning on having. If there are like even dedicated NPCs that just kind of roll out there and like, well, I gotta pick up this dude shit again. Yeah, I see also on the list player man turrets. I'm super excited for that. I want to see what they've done to make them more relevant. Yeah, because I remember we're just flying around in the Cutlass, and you know, it's just kind of like, yeah, I'm gonna shoot some shots at you, and if I hit you, but that's about it. Yeah, I, they they certainly don't seem very good. Um, I wonder if Chris Roberts is okay with the power of those being minimal. I don't know. I would hope that there's going to be some power to them, or like you said, they're going to remain useless. And <laughs> hope I might as well just you know pilot this Cutlass alone, or you know any other ship. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I guess if the AI is competent enough, it may be useful to have AI uh, NPCs in your turrets. But uh, if they don't, if they don't significantly improve the the man turrets experience i don't think anybody's gonna use them at all i was gonna say i also expect them to be better like 
you know, maybe when we play around with weapons, that's a little bit more. I was thinking, like, if we actually get the Gatling guns on there that can fucking spray bullets instead of just, like, no. I think you're probably right. I think Pyroblast, you know, the, the energy shotgun that doesn't currently work in the PU might not be a bad addition to a turret. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I'm seeing uh, item 2.0 ship conversion part one and part two, ETA 23rd June. Uh, did you pay attention to any of the item 2.0 stuff? Are you into that? I'm going to pull the ejector seat the first thing I do into my ship. <laughs> I'm going to hit the self-destruct button by accident. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm really interested to see how that's going to play. Like, I think it sounds like a fantastic idea. But at the same time, this sounds like a massive pain in the ass to have to look down at my board while flying and be like, press button. Well, thankfully, I can allay your fears. Everything that you can do with interactive buttons in the ship 2.0 system, you'll be able to do with a hotkey. Okay, perfect. Yeah, they're, they're not going to make it so that you have to have a VR headset and you need some sort of uh, interactive mode to use that stuff. But I do like that it's there, especially for tracker users like myself. Yeah, and I plan to like get a tracker eventually or something. But yeah, okay, that's better because I was thinking like I really need to like switch my screen right now. So I've got to take my head down and then take my cursor and press the button while I'm flying. So I think it'll actually be mostly useful for MFDs uh, and you know interacting with stuff that isn't necessarily something you can do quickly with a hotkey. Um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um, I can see it like fine tuning like when you're trying to get in or out or something that or just kind of like trying to go fancy or something i don't see it really being used for anything that's going to be like combat related i hope well uh so it's interesting that you say that the item 2.0 stuff is super important for operator seats on vehicles or that's also true yeah so like if you could you know the screens in the connie if you can interact with the screens in the connie to actually affect the ship i mean basically you've opened an entirely new world of gameplay for multiplayer i always was looking forward to when we're on bigger ships having people that are going to be dedicated like engine room people or shield people you know and kind of like doing what they need to do and like in those videos where they're showing where the dudes gotta like reconnect the fucking cords that have come undone and are like sparking all over the place and like, you know, causing issues on the inside. I'm excited to see if that's going to come in. Yeah, I, I think it is. I think that's really the goal for 2.0, um, which I'm seeing as feature complete for operator seats as well as radar systems. I don't know what that means. Um, I think it just means they've set up uh, customization options and the like. I don't know that they've figured out the radar deep scanning stuff. Uh, and we'll probably get into that later when we start talking about exploration ships tonight. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see, we've got insurance. Uh, they've got an alpha version of the insurance system where if your current ship becomes damaged beyond repair, you'll request a replacement ship with a basic loadout. That's nothing new, really. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just going to get us closer to the actual game, so it's going to keep people from being like, I'm going to fucking take my Super Hornet into an asteroid, because fuck you. Man. Yeah. Uh, I'm seeing uh, stamina. Any thoughts? Yeah. That would be interesting. I think, is that also coming with uh, the oxygen update as well? Yeah, so they've added a... Uh, a blood O2 saturation monitor on your heads up display. So I think stamina is directly related to the next issue uh, and a couple other ones, doors and airlocks. They're uh, starting yeah. to update doors and airlocks so that they know when uh, rooms are depressurized, they stay shut for safety, etc. cetera. Um, it'll be interesting to see that gameplay. It's not something I expected, but it's really welcome. I'm excited for that. Cause that always tickled me when we were sitting on, uh, I forget. I think it's Corlea. Corlea, Yeah. Yeah, Korea. I can never pronounce it right. But when we're sitting in there and you're looking at the little security room and you can see the airlocks opening or closing and you can like, you know, deploy people to, you know, wherever the airlocks are opening up. Like that tickled me when we were doing that one game. So something I saw on the latest ATV, uh, there was, um, it seemed like in-game footage of somebody cutting through a door with like a plasma torch. I oh wonder boy. if I wonder if we're going to be able to cut through airlocks and the like. Now, 
that would be sweet. And that also starts getting into the thing that we've hit on almost every other week. And I feel like we will hit on every single week until yeah, until they nail it down for us. Yeah, is actual boarding. Like, does that mean that we're going to be able to do the fucking awesome, like, latch yourself on top of a ship, cut into, like, the cargo bay, and, like, snail your way in? They've already confirmed, uh, and I can't remember where exactly, but I do remember that they confirmed that you will be able to cut holes in ships um, using uh, the meshes that they've made. So it is very likely, in my opinion, that we are absolutely going to be able to cut through ships pretty much wherever you want, as long as you have a... as long as you have a suitable tool to do so. And I know they're going to have a personal handheld tool uh, for salvagers and the like, and I can't imagine it doesn't have a torch attached to it. I can't wait for stuff like that. Or then, like, also, like, possible breaching charges to use on airlocks. If that would be sweet. Yeah, it would be nice to bang the doors right off the hinges. Exactly. Like, you know, because sometimes, you know, waiting for someone to cut open a little hole isn't always going to be the best thing. Sometimes you're just going to need to slap that charge on there, stand back, and then just, you know, kick it in. Knock, knock, open up the door. It's real. X going to give it to you. (laughs) Speaking of uh, X giving it to you, uh, he might be giving you some cargo in 3.0, or he absolutely will be, uh, as uh, the ETA for the cargo gameplay is 19th of June. So we can only assume, since we're recording on the 18th, that it'll probably be in before uh, it goes to the PTU. Which I'm super excited for, because now that this is like, to me, the sign that this is going to be actual game. You know what I mean? Like, before we've been tantalized with, like, here's some fucking Star Marine, or here's, like, you know, where you're just driving your ship around Simulator 2017. Yeah. With cargo coming into play, to me, that's like the first steps to the actual game, because that's going to be like a core foundation of it. Yeah, I think it's the first step to player-created objectives for gameplay. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like you talk about something like EVE, where there are giant organizations who are setting their own goals and they have sovereignty over certain pieces of space. Uh, Being able to own some shit that's in your hull is the first step to owning, say, uh, something on a planet or a space station, you know? Like, uh, it's just the first step to having something that you give a shit about in the universe. Which I'm excited to see. And, like, speaking of space stations, like, it, it keeps on blowing my mind. Like, I keep on going back and forth in my head how, like, player-owned shit's going to go. And then, like, you fly around in the PU for a second, and you're like, holy fuck, this shit really is really large. Yep. And, like, I feel like we could have no problem with them putting, like, player-owned space stations all over the fucking place because space is hashtag large. Yeah, it's big. Uh, that, that does lead me to talk about something they, they uh, teased us with uh, on one of the recent ATVs. They are going to be adding a player beacon system, hopefully in 3.0, which means that you can drop a nav beacon and then other people can hack it or find it or whatever. Um, we'll get into that a little more when we start talking about exploration and what that entails, uh, but there's another way to create player-owned objectives you know like if you can establish a trade route or if you can establish points of interest that are player designed points of interest i think that's a big deal exactly um so let's see we've got uh, kiosk support and commodities that all goes along with cargo it's how you buy and sell um we've got persistent damage ammo and missiles which is actually more interesting than a lot of things for me you looking to like keep someone's wing off and stay off? Or? Well, I think um, the the problem with the PU, at least the baby PU right now, is that it doesn't feel like a game yet. You know, like you blow up your ship and you're like, "Fuck it, I don't care. I'll just spend the thousand UEC to to bring it back." And it has the full loadout for all your stuff. Um, if your ship's damaged when you log off, and when you log off, just well wherever I don't care, log off in space. Uh, you're gonna spawn again in the the hab on Port Alisar, and it doesn't feel like a game yet. Right. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, it's going to get us that one step closer to it actually being real and 
a actual game to play instead of you know right now it's just arcadey you know fly around but with that it's going to be it's going to add a lot more depth which is what we're looking for yeah uh so it's not all good news um the rover and dragonfly being able to fit in ships and travel with them uh originally eta was 16th of june it's been bumped way way back to the 27th of june which is pretty close to the release date uh i don't know if they're going to get it in honestly that really wouldn't hurt my feelings too much because honestly I don't like the Dragonfly. Well, you, I know you. I know you want the Ursa Rover. I do want the Ursa Rover, but like for now, like I'm okay with that being pushed back because to me that's like I don't know late stage shit. As much as I would love to drop an Ursa Makani and like you know try to rally that shit down on the moon, I, I'm okay with like waiting a little bit. Um, I'm a little concerned, uh, not because I don't think they can figure it out, uh, but because um, it's indicative to me that there are a lot of things that they're promising to do that are very difficult, that they don't know how difficult they are, and those are the sort of things that can really bog down development. So I'm just looking out for it. Uh, hopefully they solve the problem ahead of time. And if they don't, I'm not going to lose my shit over it. It's just something I want to see in. Uh, so I actually wanted to talk about UI. Have you seen the latest version of Glass? Uh, the one that they had in the video where the dude was like messing with his personal stats and all that. Yeah, I am super hyped for that. Yep. Like I, I can't wait. Yeah, uh, the idea that I can start picking a personality for my guy by picking his gear is a huge deal. And it's something I certainly didn't even expect to see in 3.0. I think it's just going to be, like they said, pretty bare bones. And, you know, they're only going to have like, what, five or six different haircuts kind of thing. Oh, like, I, I as... wasn't even talking about character customization. I was just talking about the ability to track your ship, to track a right. target from Moby Glass. Like, that looks great. Right. I was just saying for the same thing. It's all going to be fairly bare bones. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're going to be able to, like, you know, my hopes and dreams of having a fully armored Space Marine door kick ready. Like, I don't think it's going to be that level yet. I think yeah. it's going to be like, hey, like, you can attach a grenade here and, like, something else on your other shoulder or yeah. something. Just, just a minimum viable product so that we can see how it works and then get feedback on the setup. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, speaking of character customization, uh, I am excited for it. I'll be honest. Uh, I almost always play female characters when I play uh, RPGs, uh, so I'm not really hyped about this until 3.1 or 3.2. Yeah, and I mean, I always play as a dude just because. Because you're a dude. Because I'm a dude. I'm with it. Yeah. We're just dudes it's... talking about dudes. Yeah, exactly. Like I like <laughs> dude ass. What's wrong with dude ass? Everyone's there's, like, I like. There's nothing wrong. At... There's nothing wrong with dude ass. Uh, I'm watching American Gods right now, and I got more than a, a healthy dose of dude ass recently. Dude ass is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, mission manager app, cargo manifest app, vehicle customizer apps. These are all UI elements. Um, I'm seeing ETAs of like 6th July, 19th June. So it looks like they're probably on track uh, for getting all of the quote-unquote Moby Glass apps that we're going to need to, to maintain our shit. And that is super exciting for a UI geek like me. Mm -hmm. um, I, I see they've got heavy armor for Star Marine for you, buddy. Yep. And it's not so much that I play Star Marine a lot, it's just the fact that that's going to be implemented and there's now going to be like a difference because, you know, it's kind of like everyone's got medium armor and like, sweet. But eventually, like, I'm excited to see the, as we talked about, all the hundreds of different play styles with like, you know, someone running around with a little, like, you know, their knife and their light armor, like jumping on dudes <laughs> with heavy armor and stuff. Like, I'm so excited for that. 
So uh, last but not least in the UI segment, they've got comm system UI. They're adding the initial implementation of the communication system in 3.00, which will allow players to hail in order to request landing while at various space stations. Uh, not such a big deal. We're already, you know, landing and whatnot. It's just interesting to see the interaction come. I'm hoping that this is the beginning of Spectrum starting to be integrated into MobiGlass. Yeah, I think that's like where the first step is. Like I can see it. You know, if not, you're doing the wrist thing in your cockpit. I can see it taking up like a screen on your ship as well, where you're like pressing buttons and stuff. Uh, I don't know. That's all good, man. Uh, so moving on to AI, uh, AI turrets, uh, they have a problem. The issues that the AI team were having with the ship archetypes have now been fixed. Unfortunately, more issues have arisen that are stopping further progress being made. Uh, they've split those issues up between AI engineering and the LA engineering team. Originally scheduled for the 9th of June is pushed back to the 23rd of June. And honestly, I think it's going to get pushed back further. I wouldn't be surprised. And once again, this isn't a thing that's like a huge concern to me because how often are the AI turrets going to have to light something the fuck up outside Crusader? Uh, I think it, I think it's an important component for them to fix, largely because it affects um, the feel of the game. Uh, right now, it's kind of like a sandbox, griefer sandbox, without any like police systems. And as right. soon as they get the AI working to actually work correctly, I think it'll feel again more and more like a game you've played, like a game you're familiar with, and you'll have realistic expectations for what the final game's going to look like. I would be surprised if those AI turrets made it into you know, just base three because they don't talk about criminality coming in until three one. Yeah, three point one is like. the criminality system, yeah. So I feel like you would need the criminality system in order for the turrets to be like, hey, that's well, a bad dude. They do have the baseline criminality system where if you do something that they flagged as quote inappropriate or criminal, you're just you just get your you know, whatever your crazy criminal rating is and everybody hates your guts. Um I, I'm hoping that the the game in the end is a little more granular, uh, and a little less black and white than that um but we'll see how it goes i've got to assume so because i mean they always talk about you know depth is the word that we use to describe this game we're not going to go so far as like this dude stole a piece of bread now we're gonna fucking kill him kind of what i mean yeah like if there was some sort of sliding scale or or wiggle room uh, we'll see how it goes uh maybe you can bribe ai guys i don't know Hopefully. That would be cool. Um, so I'm going to gloss over a lot of the graphics stuff. Uh, if you've been watching ATVs, you already know how much better it looks. There's, there's, you don't even really need to talk about it. I, I have no words to go here. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> uh, I'm going to zip over the back end stuff, uh, not because it's not important, but because, uh, let's be clear, Ram and I don't fucking know anything. I said the one thing I'm excited for is asteroid physics. Oh, is that in the back end stuff? Yeah. I'm looking right uh, now. You look underneath the AI turrets... And you got volumetric fog, engine trails and contrails. That's in graphics. Which, yeah, but then there's asteroid physics. Physics on demand system to allow the server and clients to dynamically create and simulate any portion of the asteroid field rather than just an area near the player. Uh, ETA 23rd June, I'm sure it'll make it. They've got a month to work on it. I'm excited because, I mean, the one thing that I always you know talk about is if you've ever played Knights of the Old Republic 2 when you're fleeing the first place and then like you accidentally set off a chain reaction in like a volatile minefield or asteroid field asteroid field rather that's kind of like what I want to happen where like I see myself cruising around in my eclipse launch a torpedo accidentally hit an asteroid and then like the whole you know system just fucking chains off and detonates yeah, we'll see. I know that they're talking about having volatiles in asteroids for mining, so I could see that that would also work for weapons. It would make for some very interesting tactical situations uh, among ships for battle. So, you know, that's exciting to see. I'm going to zip forward real quick to network. 
honestly, I think this is a conversation about the goals that we think they achieved with the June 15th ATV. Um, so you watched it. I, how much of the network stuff did you watch? Uh, I watched all of it. It's just a problem with, I don't really understand and not to bash CSI, but they don't really like present the info in an understandable way for someone like me, who's basically borderline retarded when it comes to network. So that's, that's an interesting perspective. Um, I am technically adept. Uh, I was watching it. I didn't have trouble following it. Um, and I thought it was this really great thing that they did. I thought that they packaged up a lot of those ideas in a way that were more understandable than normal. Um, it's it's a tough call. Uh, do you think that they achieved their goal? Do you think they communicated that they've got some significant improvements coming for network? Yeah, I mean, they definitely said like, hey, this isn't... And then I had to go to you afterwards and be like, hey, what does this mean? Because like the way they started it off with like... Uh, what, what bothered me about it is at the beginning, they showed like, and here's all the other ways we could do it. And here's the problems that that way would present. And I'm like, that's great. I don't understand because I'm borderline retarded. If you would just tell me like, this is what we're doing, like right out at the front, be like, and this is what it means to you. Uh, that would have made it more enjoyable for me at least. Well, uh, I can break it down right here. Um, basically what they've done is they've reduced the amount of traffic for updates uh, between players and servers by a very significant margin. They used a specific example of, you know, some bit of information they were transmitting that they saved 80% of their bandwidth on, which is, you know, they said is not going to be the normal case. But if they save, say, 50% of bandwidth overall, you're talking about significantly enhanced uh, frame per second behavior in the PU. You're talking about uh, maybe theoretically uh, an additional 30% or 50% number of players uh, in, in a given PU shard, which is a big deal. Yeah, um, and, and and that's and that's the important part for me that I like I managed to pick up when I understood it. Like yeah. after sitting there for like ten minutes with a question mark over my head, and then they got to the point. I was like, aha! So this is what it means for me is that you know we can have more people per shard, which has always been like something in the back of my mind that I'm always curious about, especially on like planets. Is like, you know, are we just going to have like a hundred dudes sitting there looking at each other in one instance, or like, you know, how's it going to work? Uh, I think I think at this point you'll probably be lucky to get thirty people in an instance, but that's just me guessing. Uh, yeah. So. And that's what and that's what I'm saying. Like I didn't expect it to be a huge, but I hope that like with that happening and like all the other advancements they're making in other areas, that we will hopefully be able to get more than just like a hundred players per. Instance. Yeah. And I'm hoping to like take that to the grand scale. All right. Well, let's do some uh, let's do some lightning round. Uh, tell me, are you excited about Drake Dragonfly? No. Cutlass Black. Sure. Constellation Aquila. Not really. Ursa Rover? Yes. Miss Prospector? Not really. Bearing P8SC? Nope. <laughs> Apocalypse Arms Scourge Railgun? Sure. Don't lie. I knew you were fucking stoked about that. I was so stoked. Uh, let's see. And I'm going to do the last three, and you're not going to say blah, 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 blah. Klaus and Werner Gallant Rifle, Arrowhead Sniper Rifle, and the Kesar Devastator 12 Shotgun. Sure. Sure. You're like, whatever. Yeah, I like weapons, so that's cool. So, uh, I mean, if you had to give them a grade on how much stuff they're managing to get into 3.0 versus the stuff they are probably going to have to cut out, what grade are you giving them for the patch so far? I, personally, I give them like an eight. I mean, did you just say eight? Eight. I, see, eight everyone out of like a grade? An eight out of ten? Oh, I was going to be like A, B, C, D, E, uh, or A, B, C, D, F, but I guess eight works. Oh, I'm sorry. Grade. <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> 
that's not even a high B. We could have worked with that. That's a high B. Okay, right? a high B for you. All right, well, uh, okay. So why don't they make an A here? So, I mean, to be an A, you must be, like, very close to perfect. So although I know it doesn't work like this, just because, like, you had to cut some stuff, unfortunately, that doesn't give you an A in my book. But oh, you still fair. put in a lot of other stuff that, like, is great, in my opinion. Like, we're having, you know, moons, and we're having Ursa Rover, and we're having a fucking railgun that I can't wait to just dick around with. I mean, to but, be fair, let's compare it to the other patches that you've been around for. So 2.6, how does this compare to that? A lot better. Yeah, I mean, I'm just uh, like, I'm just grading on a scale, which is how I usually do it. I'm gonna give them like an A minus A here. Um, yeah, not too far off. Yeah, I think the stuff that they cut uh, is stuff that I wanted very much. But the fact of the matter is, this is a giant pile of new features. Exactly, and you know, I don't think the way that I looked at it when 3.0 drops, I see it as being not as much as a time in between 3.1 and 2, because for me, it looks like that they're a lot closer with getting that stuff done. So how much time did we have between 2.6 and 3.0? Uh, when did I start playing Star Citizen? It's, it's been a couple months. Yeah, two or three months ago now. So you're going to be looking at like a six-month time between patches. Uh, hang on. In the six months between them, they're going to be adding arguably most of the game. Exactly. So if you look at... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, and that's why it's not a huge, like heartbreak for me that this stuff's not making it into 3.0 because i understand like it's like right next in the chute coming down yeah uh all right well then uh, it's time to stop talking about 3.0 and start talking about 3.1 right after this break this podcast is supported by nomadsorg.com nomads is a free and open collective we gather by choice cooperate by choice and are free to do as we please in the verse we respect only one law Never cause harm to another nomad. If you'd like to fly, fight, and trade with equals, visit nomadsorg.com. That's N-O-M-A-D-S-O-R-G.com today. Now that we're done with the daily spelling lesson, let's get into the next story. Do you like that segue? Was that was that was that was fly right? Yeah, that's fly. All right. So let's get into some 3.1 because I think this is some super exciting stuff for me. Uh, if I'm going down the list, obviously female player locomotion, the like. Uh, I know I'm a weirdo, but it's all good. I was going to say, you just want to watch your ass move. That's the only locomotion you care about. <laughs> and then if I'm looking further down the thing, I'm seeing uh, new additions to core dev tech and systems. I'm seeing service beacon V1, which is uh, we're talking about salvage, uh, repair, etc. Um, I'm seeing one second. I'm seeing the criminality system, which is, is that where, are we talking bounty hunting in 3.1? I think that's going to be the basis for bounty hunting. If I remember correctly, bounty hunting didn't come in until later. Hashtag later. Uh, um, if I'm, as I'm going down the list, I don't see anything about bounty hunting in 3.2. I think they might be using criminality to describe the bounty system in 3.1. I mean, that would be sweet and I'm excited for that. But I also think like there's some other things you're rolling over that are super exciting to me. Well, fill me in, as, killer. Uh, you got things like throwable weapons, so we're looking at you know, grenades. what exactly? Or grenades. Yeah, I mean, exactly, but you know, that just means for me exciting things because I'm always like door kicker guy. Yeah. So th throwable weapons, shouldered weapons, fists and a knife and then the takedowns. Don't worry, Ripley, me and my squad of ultimate badasses will protect you. 
exactly. Like, I just want to, like, I, I want the knife. You know, I want to be that guy that's walking around Grim Hex, like, stabbing someone in the kidney and then walking away or something. Well, uh, let me loop back around. I think... I think they're shooting for bounty hunting in 3.1 because what I'm seeing right here is Drake Cutlass Blue is being released at the same time. Yeah, you're right. I would say that you're probably, I think you're on the mark then. Uh, which makes me hopeful that the uh, Aegis, what is it? The uh, It's not the Titan, it's the Avenger. Yeah, the Avenger's got a model that's got the little... Yeah, it's got the pod. So maybe, maybe we see some uh, support for that stuff. Uh, and as I push down, I'm seeing ships. Misk Razor, don't care. Nope. Uh, RSI Aurora, kind of care. It would be really good to have a super nice starter ship for people coming to the game in 3.0. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, to me, it's not like a huge thing because, A, I don't have enough to begin with. But yeah. I mean, hey, great, sweet. I'm always happy that other people get ships that they like, uh, even if they're not ones that I'm into. Speaking of, uh, Misk Hull C in uh, 3.1. Uh, and Cargo Hauler. Yeah, the big boy Cargo Hauler. Well, it's not the big boy Cargo Hauler, but it's close. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, blah, 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 a bunch of other ships. And then moving on to 3.2, uh, I'm seeing Crusader, Hurst, and a Microtech, which is a huge deal. Yeah, they're saying Microtech's a stretch goal, but like I already talk about Crusader as being like, I use that joke all the time to be like walking around Crusader and doing something that, you know, like walking into a bar or some shit. Yeah, I mean, uh, the fact of the matter is, if they get one planet done for 3.2, one planetary landing zone that's a you know like a true hub, like a real MMO experience, I'll be fucking amazed. Yeah, and you know as we start looking at the other stuff down there too, into the FPS space gameplay, like as we know, all into that you know FPS ammo types, you got drones and shields, bumps. What does what does cooperative what does cooperative avoidance mean? I don't actually know. Let me let me look something up here. Cooperative avoidance. Well, it's not even cooperative because that would require cooperative. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cooperative. I have no idea what that means. Hey, uh, some amazing listener, please uh, go ahead and email us. Send a carrier pigeon, whatever, for cooperative avoidance. I think that's just a typo, by the way, Rob. Yeah, I think so too. But so I I'm, see I'm seeing I'm seeing downed, which is exciting. And also drowning, which well, to me is exciting. <laughs> when, <laughs> when I see downed, um, I see medic gameplay. That's what yes. I see. Um, well, I and, mean, in the update beforehand, you've got the Cutlass Red coming in, so you'll hopefully a, have yeah, some it's a natural fit. Mm -hmm. um, I'm hoping for, you know, we've talked about what we want to see from the first person shooting in the game. Uh, we've been playing a lot of PUBG to pass the time between 2.6 or 2.0 whatever and 3.0 um there is an interesting gameplay mechanic in PUBG around do you pick somebody up and rescue them do you use them as bait etc cetera, etc cetera. It, it would be amazing to see that stuff in the pu yes and also something that they've been talking about like ever since squadron 42 got announced is yeah. like the ability or i think it was star marine i'm sorry I spoke when star marine got announced is like Picking people up and dragging and stuff. So unlike you know player unknown battleground, it's going to be, I'm um, you know they can probably crawl around a little bit and do something. But also, I, I think like, it's I think it's more likely that you're going to be able to drag them to safety, which I think is really great. Uh, I think the tension exactly. the tension there is what makes gameplay so great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Like I just imagine being ship that we're trying to breach and someone goes down and you're like trying to drag their ass to the next corridor while, while somebody covers you know with automatic uh -huh. fire etc i mean it, the, it's it is the it is the the depth of experience that we're looking for um 
so zipping down, I'm seeing core dev tech and systems, gas giant tech, sweet, star map V2. Do, do, do you guys think, or hang on, do you think the star map makes it into the game in 3.2? I would hope so. That was like one of their heralding features at the very beginning. It's yeah. like, ooh, pretty. I'm seeing, car I mean, I'm seeing cargo V2. What do you think that means? Um, I, got, I honestly don't know because I can't imagine like what's going to be the difference between cargo V1 and cargo. Oh, okay. So maybe it's going to be different types of cargo. So it's not going to be just I've stacked boxes upon boxes. We're, my... we're talking about uh, Connex stuff or yeah. um, or maybe special pods that carry, God forbid, slaves or uh, or exactly. stuff or, or the info running stuff that the Herald does. Maybe that, you know, like weird stuff that you're delivering. Exactly. I think it's going to add as we always. A hashtag depth. It, yeah, you know different types of cargo. Well, somebody should call us on this in what like eight months about whether we're wrong about cargo V two or not. Um, yeah, we'll I'm, revisit this topic. I'm sure. Yeah, um, I'm seeing uh, radar system item 2.0. That's something I'm super excited about. And that's going to be the natural segue for our next segment. Um, I don't want to get into it right now. I'll talk about it in the next one. So let me keep yeah, going. Breaching. Up. I'm seeing breaching here in 3.2, buddy. And also ship-to-ship -ship refuel system. Like, and, and beyond that, security and access control. Uh, again, it, we're talking about more more ways to interact with your ships, more ways to interact with other people's ships, and more meaningful, uh, competitive, cooperative gameplay. Exactly. Like the thing that I can't wait to try out at some point is like taking a contract as a refueler, coming up to a ship, and then like breaching and being like, "Surprise! We weren't actually." Oof. Your shit. <laughs> you're a bad person. I've I've established that. Yeah, I I mean I just want to try it at least once, just for the sake of saying it. But that's why I'm I think I can already hear us getting so giddy talking about 3.2 because it brings hashtag depth. Yeah, we're going to be able to do so much kind of shit. Like, could we you know take a secretive contract as a fueler? Sure. Or you know security access control does that mean like we can sit there and punch buttons on the computer and like i think that's the hacking it? gameplay that we were talking about absolutely exactly yeah. or like what i am hoping to do at some point is to airlock someone is also my dream goal is <sighs> i can't wait to airlock someone not someone part of my crew <laughs> i just i want someone to try to board and i want you... us to be ready and i just want to like get them and you know you just a... want to make somebody walk the plank i do I was saying, like, if I ever do get a javelin and the option comes at, like, hey, we've taken the direct hit, you need to airlock, like, half your ship and kill half your crew, it's going to be an instant press the button. Just fucking everyone goes outside the ship, dead. <laughs> you, you just like the power. <laughs> All right, so let's do another lightning round real quick. RSA Constellation it, Phoenix? Or, sorry, RSI Constellation Phoenix? It doesn't really interest me. Uh, Taurus? Not really. Uh, Freelancer Max? I mean, okay. <laughs> Do you know what the max is? Isn't that the one with all the weapons? No, I'm pretty sure the Freelancer Max is the one with the crazy-ass cargo space. Oh, okay. It's the, it's the Freelancer MIS that has the giant pile of weapons. Ah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, so looking at all these things, like the Connies, I don't really ever plan on getting a Connie. Like, I love the idea behind him. I understand why it's are, such are like you, a... Are you going to crew for me sometime? Oh, absolutely. That's All what right. I'm saying. Like, I will be on a Connie, sure, but I don't see myself ever buying a Connie because, yeah. you know, as I'm sure we'll talk about in some other week, like, I am a fighter kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess finally the Misc Freelancer Doer. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> well, it's a good time to talk about uh, exploration ships, so I guess we'll start there right after this break. Yeah. 
This podcast is supported by nomadsorg.com. Nomads is a free and open collective. We gather by choice, cooperate by choice, and are free to do as we please in the verse. We respect only one law, never cause harm to another nomad. If you'd like to fly, fight, and trade with equals, visit nomadsorg.com. That's N-O-M-A-D-S-O-R-G.com today. Now that we're done with the daily spelling lesson, let's get into the next story. Alright. So there we go. Two segments down. Um, on the June 15th ATV, we were treated to a glimpse of the Terrapin's finished gray box phase, and while the snubby little craft promises to, I, I don't know, explore safely, the exploration job is still very fuzzy on the particulars of what it entails. That said, we're all set to take a look at where the Terp fits into the broad exploration category, so let's kick things off with a personal favorite of mine, the tiniest space Winnebago, the Mustang Beta. How do they stack up? I mean, I feel like the Mustang Beta is going to be kind of like piece of shit that everyone's going to throw in the corner with every other Mustang starter package after they get some something else. You don't think there's any value in the in the starting exploration ship? I mean, it's the same thing with any other starter ship. Like, hey, sure, like you're starting out and you're going to feel for the game and you're trying to understand what you like, and you know that's where the starter ship comes in. And then when you're like, as as soon as you can get anything better, you're going to get something better. Yeah. Uh, so there's an interesting case to be made. A lot of people think that every ship should have a purpose. Um, it is sad to think that some of the coolest design ships are their only purpose is to be a quick, cheap point of entry for new players. The thing that I would like to see for them, and I mean, tell me if I'm wrong here, I would like to see their operating costs be significantly less than any other ship. I mean, that'd certainly be true, but you also have to think about what makes operating operating costs high is because of stuff like range. Yeah, so uh, because... opportunity. The, the, the price that you pay for that increased operating cost is all of the opportunity for more profit. Mm-hmm. So what I could see question mark about Mustang betas, like if you really wanted to have a scout wing question mark. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It's, I don't really see it's something that like I could off the top of my head spin in a tactical situation or even like an exploration setting because well here let me let me draw that scenario for you it's, i think it's pretty simple uh you're a guy who's playing the game you're kind of a loner uh you don't really want to interact with other people but you do want something that is cheap to operate it fits man uh and the problem is we don't really know what exploration gameplay consists of right now uh if it's something like finding points of interest in a debris field and then tagging them with nav beacons i, I don't see a reason that you couldn't do it with a mustang beta Absolutely. Like I said, it's just, I think you are 100% correct. But at the same time, like, if we were to just keep it in, how many times can you really jump right now without having to refuel? Uh, man, you, you know, got me there. But I know that they're redoing all of the fuel stuff for item 2.0 and 3.1. So we'll see what that's all about soon. I'm, you're certainly true. But, like, just for posterity's sake, you can right now jump about like seven times in yeah, some, some shifts. Something before, like that, yeah. Before you're like, rot row. So I think it's kind of like, you know, you kind of have to be very spot on with where you want to get with that beta. Yeah. So, you know, you're kind of like, maybe you've gotten some info that like you were talking with some other trader or something. He's like, I think I saw something out here. So then you can cruise that little guy out there and just kind of poke around. So we're, we're like, anticipating that the Terp has better range and probably better amenities than a Mustang beta. I, I've got to assume that everything does. And it certainly ought to, considering uh, the going rate on Starhanger right now for a Terrapin is 209 compared to the Mustang Beta's 
Yeah, they'll do it. Uh, so, I mean, uh, so what do you know about the Terrapin as far as its capabilities? I know it's going to have the long-range scanner, so like everything else, I turn that into a tactical standpoint, and that's going to be an important ship. Well, to the have the Terp is 100% a military vessel. I mean, I know that it's civilian, but uh, all of the Anvil literature about it is about how useful it is in a scrap or in a hostile location. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I'll always look at this. Like, how can I use this as a fleet commander or some shit? Yeah. But. Yeah. The Terp I always see is like that's going to have long range scanners, so that's going to be able to poke a fleet before you know they're even on us, as opposed to a beta, which is going to be like kind of stumble upon them by accident. You're like, uh oh, and then you got to run out real quick. I mean, I think it's interesting. Um, the problem, the problem that I always see with the Terrapin versus, and just for shits and giggles, we'll talk about the beta some more. Uh, the Terp is not supposed to be fast or maneuverable. And to I think me, of it like a turtle. Yeah, well, of course, that is what Terrapin means. But uh, what I mean is, when it comes to getting in and out of tricky situations and looking and surviving, I think speed is more important than armor. Um. So the way I look at it, I think you're 100% correct. But the way I look at it is, like, hopefully you're going to be using that long-range scanner so you a lot more idea that something bad your way is coming before you even know. Yeah. And that's... Yeah. If you remember, we talked about this a little bit when we were talking about the Eclipse last time, and you're like, well, you know, a Terp can, like, see him before he's there, and then you're like, <laughs> but then I said, I, I used the same point just in the other way. I said, but he can't get away too fast, so if he's just kind of, like, cruising real slow and you feed him one of those size eight torpedoes, he's going to be shit out of luck. Well, so uh, you were talking about having trouble seeing, like, a, a Mustang Beta as a tactical asset. What do you think of the 315P? I think... The same thing, I think it's going to be a lot more poke vessels. So, like, the way I see those kind of vessels working is, like, once again, taking them from a tactical standpoint, those are going to be the feelers that you send out to, like, look, try to get eyes on the actual fleet and, like, see what's going to happen. Just from an exploration standpoint, I can see it being, like, a step up from the beta and a step lower than the Terrapin in terms of, in terms of like, finding stuff. I think the interesting thing about the Origin ships in general is that uh, they're, I think that their capabilities are roughly the same as cheaper ships. Um, and I think that you pay a premium for the the nice look. I really do. And I think that's I an think interesting right. thing. I think it's an interesting thing about the universe personally. Where I see the Terrapin distinguishing itself from both of these vehicles is that it is a two-person vessel. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing like we were talking about morph capabilities. I'm sure that the 350s or 315 is going to have longer range characteristics, you know, to make it a step above the beta, but if you look at the price it's not really that much of a step. Yeah. It's only like you know, $60, give or take, you know, because the 315 is $107. So it's not like a huge step. It's going to be like a tad better as yeah. opposed to the Terrapin, which is going to be like, hey, look, now we're starting to make this like an actual, like, this is my play style. I'm going to be an explorer. I'm yeah. going to go. Uh, do, do, you, do, you think that, do you think that in general, um, people are deciding what role they want to play with more expensive ships? Like, uh, is it, is it necessarily the case that you're specializing once you start spending over 150 bucks on a ship? I would assume so, but I mean, at the same time, like if you look at my current fleet, which is a Mustang and then a Titan, which someone was nice enough to buy for hey. me, and then you've got a Banu Defender and a Eclipse. You got a weird so you, fleet, buddy. 
I do. So mostly it was for the LTI packages, which I do plan to add a Super Hornet there somewhere and the Banu defender i'm probably going to change for something else yeah but it's just like hey a uh, quick plug for rsi everybody who's interested in lti in the coming months the xeon nox goes on sale hopefully this month maybe next month at the latest so if you want a 40 dollar uh, lti token that's your avenue there you go yeah just quick plug but uh let me get back to the terp and its two-man nature so um you and i've had many conversations about uh ships crews and the reality of getting people to play a game on a regular basis when i look at two-man crew ships they look like the perfect sweet spot to me for multiplayer star citizen gameplay exactly i like, think it's going to be i i think what we're talking about is like crews i think it's going to be very important that like Hey, you know, maybe you could have an NPC in there, or you could find like your buddy, and you're gonna go. Or, uh, or the wife can play. You know, if my significant other wants to play Star Citizen but doesn't want to buy a ship, and certainly doesn't want to spend the kind of money that I'm willing to spend on ships, uh, if you can find a good two-person uh, gameplay opportunity, I think that's golden. Uh, the idea that uh, she could theoretically be my scanning officer while I pilot, and if she's into that and that she enjoys that, that is worth its weight in gold to me. You know, it's digital. It's digital weight and gold, if you will. I understand. Yeah, and I, I think the the contrast to that, the Carrick, and this is the Carrick is obviously the ship that so many exploration nuts are going crazy for. I think it's going to be hard to find a full crew for a Carrick. I, so I think like in a group like ours, I think it would be tough to man a Carrick. But I mean, you look at all the exploration folk organizations out there. I think you're going to have plenty of Carricks rolling around. So many people are super excited about exploration. And yeah, I, I mean, anecdotally, I think the Carrick may be the most popular of the exploration ships. I think the most ubiquitous one, at least as far as multi-crew gameplay goes, the Constellation Aquila. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I'm excited to see the Carricks. Like, do I ever plan on buying one? No, but I, I think, to me, I think of the Carrick when I think of an exploration vessel. That's a long-range, like, going out deep to find something big. Yeah, I you know um, you're actually kind of selling it to me. I, I have an Aquila, but the fact of the matter is the Aquila is I don't know what uh, the RSI ships are really all about. They talk all the time about what the constellation's supposed to be. Um, I still I don't see it. I don't see the constellation really defining a role or even being a great generalist right now. I don't either. And I you know to be completely cynical with you, I think they had a cool looking ship design, and they're like noise, and then they just kind of like rolled it out because that was one of their main first ships. Is everyone like? And I think it's going to be a solid, like I, I'll call it a pocket ship where it's going to be able to do, I guess, kind of everything. You could do some cargo hauling. You could go explore. You could theoretically get it into some shit because it's a tank. Yeah, you know. It's. I think it's going to be more maneuverable than a Carrick, so you got like stuff you could do in there. But yeah. even when we were flying one of them in the PU, that thing's a brick. So I'm very uh, to, to be fair, that was the fully loaded uh, flight model for that, and I'm sure they have more tweaks coming down the line. But I, I think the, um, I think big multi-crew ships that don't have dedicated combat roles, I think that their gameplay, the quality of their gameplay, is largely going to be dependent on AI. Uh, it's largely yeah. going to depend on the on the PVE components of the game rather than PVP components. Yeah, I think it's going to be like you can see what's going to happen. You're going to have time when you've got 
players on there, but I think you'll be able to do just fine with bots. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I mean, I, that pretty much covers it. Um, I know you're not a huge exploration fan, but I'm kind of excited about the Terrapin. I mean, that's not true. I think exploration is going to be incredibly important. Yeah. It, it it only in its uh only in its relevance to your combat sorties. I mean, I personally also like I see myself when I'm not doing that. I would love to just cruise around the galaxy in an exploration ship like yeah. Econi or something and just kind of do stuff as they say. Land on a planet, do some stuff, go land somewhere else, do some stuff. Right on. Well, uh, that's enough about doing stuff for this week's installment of the Stardust Oasis. Join us next week for more exciting hubbub about spaceships, people who are interested in Star Citizen, uh, people who are making Star Citizen, how long it's going to take to get it, why we can't wait for it, maybe even other games we're playing while we're waiting for it. So we'll see you in the verse, and we hope some dust gets in your eyes. 